We'll take our text from the Scripture reading this morning. Just two verses. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. This is a familiar account to many of us. You know, we don't really have a lot of background information on this woman. We don't know her age or where she came from. We don't even really know what led to her being in this condition. But we can tell from just these first two verses that she had an issue. She suffered many things of many physicians, and after 12 long years, nothing was better. It only grew worse. You know, it could have, just as we know, it was mentioned it was a physical issue. It was an issue of blood, but it could have just as easily been a financial issue, an emotional issue, a spiritual issue, a relational issue. The fact is, life brings issues. People have issues. And we also know from this account that unresolved issues can only lead to more issues. Says she sought help from others, suffered many things of many physicians, searched high and low, no doubt trying to find somebody, anybody who could help her. But rather than get better, she just grew worse. You know, as I was thinking about this account this week, I couldn't help but wonder how many people go through life looking for somebody to resolve issues in their life that only the Lord can take care of. People jump from relationship to relationship, church to church, job to job, looking for that special person, that somebody who can resolve these issues that only the Lord can take care of. The psalmist says in Psalm 146, put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man in whom there is no help. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Sadly, this woman had to learn this lesson the hard way after 12 years of looking for somebody to help her. She it says nothing was better, but she just she grew worse. Well, this led to another issue in her life. It tells us she spent all she had. This issue led to a financial crisis in her life. And again, I couldn't help but think how many people go broke trying to find happiness. Maybe if they think they can just spend enough money and accumulate enough things that somehow they will be happy. Isaiah 55, 2 asks a question, Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Money can buy a lot of things. You know, money can buy a beautiful house, but it can't buy you a home. Money can buy a fancy bed, a nice mattress, but it can't buy you a good night's sleep. There's that old saying, money can't buy happiness. I think it was Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis was quoted as saying, if you don't believe that statement is true, just look at my family. It's tragic. They were one of the wealthiest, most prominent families in the entire nation, yet they were nothing but heartache and despair. We know money can't buy friends. If you have 
a friend that can be bought. That's no friend at all. You think about the story of the prodigal son as he went out and wasted his substance and riotous living when that money was flowing and he was uh, paying for everybody. They were having a big old party, but when his money dried up, where did his friends go? He found himself in the middle of a pig pen. So we know money can't buy friends, can't buy happiness. You know, I read a news story a few years ago about a man 46 years old that lived in Shanghai, China. He spent his entire life savings on lottery tickets. At one point, it said he was spending $3,200 per day on tickets. He ended up selling his four apartments, his four cars, and all of his watches to fuel his buying habit. He ended up spending 6 million yen, which is equivalent in U.S. currency of about $958,000. Spent almost a million dollars buying lottery tickets. You know what his winnings were? About 40,000 yen or about $64,000. And of course, at one point, he eventually lost it all. You do the math. That's a net loss of $894,000. You would not want this man to be your financial planner. Spent everything he had trying to find happiness, only to find at the end there was nothing there. Well, this woman spent all she had trying to find a cure for her issue. Sadly, this issue also made her a social outcast. It doesn't tell us in this account, but we know from Scripture, particularly in the book of Leviticus, that anyone who had an issue of blood was considered to be unclean according to the law. That meant she couldn't touch anyone. No one could touch her. That meant she had to be separated and isolated and quarantined for as long as this, this condition went on. Anything she sat on or uh, lay upon was considered unclean. She wasn't allowed into the temple or the sanctuary or the synagogue to worship and praise and offer sacrifices to the Lord. In essence, her issues separated her from her loved ones, her family. You know, she may have been married at one time. We don't know. She could have even possibly had children at one time. It separated her from society, and tragically, it separated her from the Lord himself. Well, again, I couldn't help but think how many people are going through life separated from family, separated from friends, separated from loved ones, separated from God because of their personal issues. Issues destroy homes. Marriages are broken up over personal issues. People are incarcerated and imprisoned over personal issues that haven't been resolved. Somebody once wisely said, I think about this generation, they have authority issues. Someone said, if you don't teach your child to respect authority in the playpen, someone's going to teach it to him in the state pen. Well, that's true. Prisons are overflowing today. There's lawlessness because people have issues that are unresolved. Well, of course, we know the greatest issue of all is something all of us have in common. This is an issue we're all going to have to grapple with and come to terms with, and that's the sin issue. We're born with it. We all have it. Of course, we know we're thankful Jesus can resolve that issue in anyone's life. We know when a person prays an honest prayer of repentance and they surrender and they yield their lives to the Lord, we know that blood of Jesus cleanses them from all unrighteousness. 
But we also know what happens when that sin is left unrepented of. It will eventually manifest itself in other ways and it becomes harmful, creates more issues. Sin is detrimental. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Isaiah 59.2 says, Your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. Well, this poor woman, and we could even say through no fault of her own, we don't know how she found herself in this condition, but this was an issue that separated her from family and her friends and the Lord because of this issue. Well, we also know it's a sad account. Seemingly, she was in an impossible situation. She'd sought help from others only to find that they had failed her. She was financially broke, spent all she had, and only grew worse. She was isolated and all alone. And to make matters worse, she'd had to live for 12 long years with this issue. Nothing better, only getting worse. No doubt she probably felt like she was at the end of her rope. But the good news is her story doesn't end there. It tells us in verse 27 through 29, says, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. You know when the turning point for this woman was? It says, when she heard of Jesus... You know, before she ever saw Jesus, before she ever touched Jesus, before she ever experienced his healing power, she had to first hear about Jesus. That's why it's so important for us who've been saved and redeemed, if we've been set free and delivered, we want to share our testimony any opportunity we get. It may be the catalyst, the very thing that would spark faith in someone's heart. She heard about Jesus. That's where things began to turn around for her. You know, she did more than just hear about Jesus. She acted on what she heard. The Bible tells us faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It also tells us that faith without works is dead. She had to take what she heard and she had to apply it. She had to take some action. It says she came in the press behind and touched his garment. It took some effort. But we know her actions were compelled by faith and desperation and determination. But she came in faith. She said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Not I might be whole. Maybe the Lord could do something for me. She knew if she could just get to Jesus, just touch the Lord, that the Lord would touch her back. And of course, we know her faith was rewarded straightway, immediately. There was something special about her touch says that Jesus knew immediately that virtue had gone out of him. You know, she thought she could just sneak in and touch the Lord and receive a healing and sneak away. But Jesus stopped immediately, turned around and said, who touched my clothes? He knew somebody touched him in a very special way. You know, he asked this question, not for his benefit. Jesus already knew who touched him. You know, when you read in Scripture, God asking questions, it's not because God doesn't know the answer. He does it for our benefit, not for His. And He was doing it for this 
woman's benefit and for the benefit of others around. He wanted her to claim this victory for herself. You know, when the Lord does something for you, immediately the whole enemy comes along and he tries to snatch it away. The best thing you can do is testify to what the Lord has done. It says, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. He wanted her to claim this victory. You know, as soon as she was done testifying, Jesus confirmed to her what she knew he had already just done. And he also confirmed to those around what he had done for her. Verse 34, it says, He said to her daughter, Thy faith have made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. She received a double cure that day. Not only was she healed spiritually, she was healed physically. You notice here, Jesus called her daughter. This implies that she was now one of his children. No longer was she just a certain woman. She had a title, daughter. The Lord did something for her. He touched her. said because of her faith, she was made whole spiritually and physically. We know through faith and determination, she made her way through the crowd. She touched the Lord and was delivered instantly from her issues. Think about that. For 12 long years, nobody could help her. No money could bring any resolution. She suffered miserably, about ready to die. One single touch from Jesus, and instantly she was healed. You know, the Lord has the same power this morning. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know what kind of issues you brought in with you this morning, but I know if you're like this woman, if you press forward through faith and determination, and if you're desperate enough, you're willing to call out to the Lord, the Lord will touch you this morning. You know, you may wonder, how is this account relatable to us today? Or how does this account about a woman with an issue of blood apply to us? Well, we may have more in common with her than we realize. Now, obviously, not everybody here is a certain woman with a physical issue. But I think it would be safe to say we all have issues, some kind or another. Maybe you're struggling and dealing with an issue even now in your life. Maybe you've been struggling with that issue for a long time. Well, just like this woman, if you're here this morning, you've heard of Jesus. The question is, what are you going to do with what you've heard? You can do what this woman did through faith, through determination and perseverance. She came and she touched Jesus. Jesus touched her back. Virtue went out of them. The Lord can do the same for you. She knew that this would be the last opportunity when Jesus would be passing by, and she took advantage of her opportunity. She reached out and touched the Lord. The Lord touched her. You can do the same. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever, regardless of what the issue may be. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's bitterness or anger. It could be any number of things. And if those things are left unresolved, they're only going to get worse. But you can leave them at the altar this morning and the Lord can touch you and resolve those issues in your life. I'd like to close with the testimony about a woman who was plagued by issues. I may have shared this before, but I think it's pretty fitting. Her name was Rose Cummings. You can find her testimony in our old history books, our testimony books. She, being, she begins by saying, 
she was born in England, and she was born into a family where her mother was an alcoholic and an infidel or an unbeliever. Doesn't even mention a father in the picture. So we can see right away she started out in life with some issues. She said when she was old enough to reach the bar, she used to go with her mother to the saloon and they would stand together and drink. Well, of course, this led to more issues in her life. She found herself as a young woman bound by alcohol to make matters worse. Her mom used to tell her, there's no heaven, there's no hell. Anything you're going to enjoy in life, you've got to do it on your own. So she thought, if that's the truth, then I'm going to live it up. Whatever money and booze can bring me, that's what I'm going to live for. But instead of finding happiness and satisfaction, obviously she just became more and more bitter. The misery and the remorse began to set in. In time, she said, I became a deep-dyed sinner, a fallen woman, and a drunkard. One day when I was drunk on the street, I was picked up in a patrol wagon, and she was told that she would be placed in jail if she didn't get off of the streets permanently. So she thought rather than go to jail, she would go to the reformatory. She thought maybe she would try man's help, see if they couldn't do something for her. So she checked herself into this program, and for six months she was sober. But she said it didn't do her any good. The minute she got out, she had a little money. She said, I went right back into sin. You see, her circumstances, her environment may have been changed, but her heart was never changed. Unresolved issues lead to more issues. She says many times she woke up drunk and she wished she were dead, wondering, is there any way out of this life? Feeling desperate. Eventually it got so bad, she said she was forced to leave the country because of her bad character. No one wanted a woman like me around. Sounds a lot like that woman in our account. She was socially unclean. Nobody even wanted her around, driven out of her own town. Well, she thought if she would come to Portland, Oregon, come to the United States, she thought maybe she could start all over again. But the problem is, if those issues are unresolved, they're going to follow you wherever you go. Sure enough, she got here 5,000 miles away. She said she thought she could turn over a new leaf, but she just became worse. She decided to look again to man for help. She met a man who actually owned a saloon on 6th Street. Well, in time, they were married. But she says after that, she realized she was just like the woman at the well because she had already had four husbands in England. It just got worse and worse and worse. She said for the next six years, she said she was hardly ever sober, just continued to drink, trying to drown her miseries with alcohol, trying to forget about how miserable and awful life was, trying to bury those issues, only to find she got worse. Well, eventually, she said, my body broke down and I couldn't even do a day's work. You see how those issues, they cost her physically, financially, socially. But you know what? Her story doesn't end there. She says one day when she was 40 years old, she was standing on a corner on 3rd Street and somebody came up and handed her an apostolic faith paper. And she said... As she opened that paper and began to read, she said she read about a fallen, drunken woman who was saved. I saw that God was real in her life and could give me something real too. She heard about Jesus. Something took hold in her life. 
And she said, if God gave her a chance, surely he will give me one. She knew that the Lord could do something for her. Nobody else could help her. Well, in time, she went to the Apostolic Faith Church. And she says she got there in a sick and miserable condition. She said, my lungs were so diseased from a life of sin, I could scarcely talk. But the people there gathered around and began to pray for her. And she said, instantly, she was healed of that condition. But that's not all. She said she realized, she said, oh God, if you can heal my body, you can save my soul. She said she went to the altar, pushed her way down to that altar, somehow got herself to that place of prayer. She said the mountains of sin seemed so high. God showed her she had wronged others and she had restitutions and things she would have to make. She thought, surely the Lord, I didn't know how he could ever forgive her for what she had done. But she said, when I finally got honest with the Lord, when I finally prayed an honest prayer, surrendered everything to the Lord, she said in a moment of time, instantly, God delivered her, delivered her from alcohol. All of those years uh, where she struggled with those issues and in a moment of time, one moment, one touch from the Lord and she was completely delivered. Straightway, her issue cleared up. Well, it gets better. She said after she was saved, of course, the Lord expected her, just like this woman in our account, to tell others of what he had done for her. So she wrote to her 80-year-old mother in England and told her what God had done for her, sent her a church paper, and the mother opened up that paper, and after reading it, she fell to her knees, and the Lord saved her at 80 years of age. That's what the Lord could do. She says for, for 33 years after that, she says, I've proved that God is real. There's power in the blood of Jesus. God restored my health and strength, and he gave me a good reputation. That's what the Lord can do. God is still here. The Lord is passing by. You've heard of Jesus. I don't know what your issue is, but God does. You know, life brings issues. We all struggle at times, but God is here to relieve you of that burden this morning. If you're, if you just pray that prayer of faith, you come in faith and you have to be convinced the Lord can do something for you, but He can if you come in that That way, you come in faith, you come believing, you come repentant. If you're desperate, you call out to the Lord, make your way to these altars of prayer. Kneel in the uh, pew where you are. If you're at home, you can just pray one honest prayer. In a moment of time, the Lord can resolve those issues in your life. God will do it for you today. We're going to have a chance to seek the Lord. Let's sing 489. These altars are open.